Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Richard just returned from the cruise ship that started it all. Norwegian Gem out of New York City. It was a five-night cruise to Bermuda. Richard, for the folks who may not have been listening for the past seven years, how did this cruise... Actually, welcome to the show, first off. Well, thanks for having me, yeah. as, as always. And how did this cruise start at all for you? Well, this was uh, back when I had no interest in cruising. Um, I had booked... I had actually booked the Norwegian Breakaway to be my first cruise, which was going to be like just to, to get out of town. But it turned out... that Then I got nervous. I was like, well, what if I don't like being out at sea? What if I get seasick? So... This, this was back in the day when they happened to have the cruises to nowhere, which, of course, they no longer do. So I was able to jump on the gem for a one-night sailing and fell in love with not only cruising, but this ship in particular. This ship is really, really special to me. And you're in the New York State, no longer, uh, I guess, no longer really close to the terminal like you used to be, but you're still in New York regardless, a few hours away from the cruise ship. So you make your way to New York. How was embarkation? Uh, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, it was, you know, it takes a little while to get there for me now, because whereas I used to be able to just cross the George Washington Bridge and hop on a ship, I now live in Woodstock, so it takes about two hours to get to the port. But once I was there, you know, and handed over the luggage, uh, it was very, very smooth embarkation in part because I have, you know, I don't want to be one of those people who like brags about their loyalty level. I'm not bragging about it, but when you reach a certain level with, with most cruise lines, including Norwegian, you know, they have separate access for you. And so I was a Sapphire member and kind of like, you know, got to go to the nice short line. Sapphire member short line is, does the gem have um, like a haven? I know it's an older ship. It does. It's it's sort of a different haven. I debated whether or not to try and bid for an upgrade into it. But unlike the bigger ships, you know, the Breakaway and the Breakaway Plus class, um, the Gem Haven is sort of smaller. It's nice in that it has an enclosed pool, but it doesn't have like its own bar. It doesn't have its own restaurant. It has bar service and it uses the specialty restaurants like it ser they serve breakfast in Moderno um, and they serve lunch for the Haven only in Cagney's. But it's not the same thing as having like a dedicated restaurant. And so it does have a Haven, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, I may have seemed like I was jumping all around there, but I was curious, like with you being Sapphire, does did the Haven people still get priority to get on board? 
They definitely do. They have, you know, while I had a short line, they have their own little room that they get to sit in with snacks and everything. And then they are, you know, a butler comes and ushers them on board, just like on the bigger ships. You make your way on board this ship. What were your impressions this go around? I know you've been on it a handful of times at this point. I have, but this was the first time I had been on since her most recent refurb. And so I was... You know, I was actually a little bit nervous getting on because I, like I said, I love this ship so much that, you know, you worry, you know, did they change too much? And it really almost immediately, the changes you notice are really positive ones there. You know, when I, when I went on Prima a couple of months ago, I was talking a lot about how the decor was sort of very modern, very, um, it, it sort of takes what Norwegian does and elevates it a little bit. A lot of the areas that they refurbed, uh, especially the public areas like Bar City, where they have two different bars and an area where they have a band, got a nice makeover and they're really modern looking. They remind me a lot of the observation suites or whatever they call mm. them that the bigger ships like Bliss have in that they have that same decor with, you know, the fake brick brack and the fake books. And it just looks really clean and modern and comfortable. Uh, so that was really my first impression was kudos on the upgrades. Very nice. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book for this five night sailing to Bermuda? And what did you think of it? Uh, I booked a balcony. I will say this. One thing you notice immediately about staterooms on this ship, which were not really majorly rehabbed. They're pretty much the same as they were when I first went on the ship, which I think is pretty much the same way they've been for 20 years. And that is that they are smaller. They are dark. Like they have like wood paneling kind of thing going on. The bathrooms are tiny. I don't know how, you know, to be, to be polite. I don't know how some of the people I saw on that ship were getting in those showers because they are super tiny. And it's not even, you know, I, we all know that I hate uh, shower curtains. These do have actual shower doors, but a shower curtain might actually help because you could like sort of, you know, <laughs> overgo the edges if you were a little bit larger. These were, it, it was tight. It's also not as um, technologically up to date. Like, you know, it doesn't have uh, plugs next to the bed. It doesn't have a whole lot of places in which you can charge your phone. So, you know, it, it in that way, that is one way the ship definitely still feels very dated. How about the internet and the connectivity? Well, if you wanted to be disconnected, this was definitely the ship to be on because the internet was the worst I have ever experienced okay. <laughs> on any ship. I actually paid because I, you know, my, I, my job involves working on the internet and I, it's very, very rare for me to actually get completely away. So I assumed I would be working. So I paid for the premium upgrade, which includes the high speed internet, um, the premium drink package and uh, the Starbucks, all you can drink Starbucks and a couple of extra meals in the specialty restaurant. So it was worth it. It was like 200 bucks for the upgrade. And I was like, okay, I might as well because I need it for work. Well, I could not even sign onto the web. And it was not just me. It was a problem that lots of people on the ship were complaining about how really, really awful it was. I will say, ultimately, it kind of weirdly proved to be a good thing because it did force me to to, to disconnect. And whereas on past cruises, I get off and I'm sort of like, yeah, you know, I could have relaxed more. I really had a chance to do a lot of, you know, reading. And by reading, I mean napping. And, and I probably wouldn't have done as much relaxing as I did if I had had 
<laughs> good internet. The fact that I paid for bad internet isn't a great thing, but you know, ultimately I was, I was happy. And now you're fired. And now I don't have a job. Right. <laughs> so if anybody's hiring, no kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> so let's talk about the dining on board gem and we'll start at the top. What is it called? The not ocean view cafe, not wind jammer, not Lido. Oh, the buffet. I never set foot in the buffet. You know, Norwegian's buffets are pretty good. I, uh, and I heard lots of people talking about how much they enjoyed the buffet. In fact, I heard several people talking about how they really enjoyed the buffet more than the main dining room because um, there were there were some issues on this particular sailing. I don't know if it's you know endemic of a bigger problem that Norwegian is having, but for example, people in the Facebook group for this sailing were posting pictures. I saw like three different people posting pictures of when I say raw chicken, I mean raw. Like they got chicken fingers and they were fried on the outside, and when you you when you cracked them open, they were literally raw on the inside. And this wasn't just one person. It was several people. Like they got them from room service. They got them at Oceans. Um, and, and the service was not the best. I, I went to Oceans one day for lunch and the waitress sat me and then I sat there and sat there and sat there and nobody ever came. So finally I just gave the menu back and was like, yeah, I'll just go order room service. Um, I did get room service and room service was actually really quick. It was like 20 minutes and the food, you know, I got like wings and pizza and it was, no, I got fish and chips and pizza, which is a weird combo. I know, but I was really hungry and it was great. Otherwise I only ate in the main dining room for a couple of lunches, both of which were fantastic. And I had no service issues. The rest of the trip between you know, I got one free meal for the, you know, with the free at sea package. I got two free meals because of Sapphire status with, with Norwegian. And then my upgrade came with another two meals. So I actually had more meals than I could possibly eat in specialty restaurants during the sailing. So I ate in the steakhouse three out of the five nights, <laughs> which, you know, that, that, that right there, my friend, is a good time is when you get to eat in the steakhouse three of your five nights. Um, and the steakhouse was just phenomenal. Every single meal I had in there was better than the one before. The other night I went to Moderno, which I am not a huge fan of Moderno, but I was like, I can't eat in the steakhouse every night, which I could have. But, you know, Moderno has that amazing salad bar that even a vegetarian would be perfectly happy like eating in Moderno because they could they could graze on the salad bar to their heart's content. And the meats were all fantastic. It was probably the best meal I've ever had at Moderno. I just find like that all the meats start to taste the same after a while. I would rather have one really good steak than like, you know, a piece of steak and then a piece of sausage and a piece of chicken and a piece of, you know, whatever else they have. But Food-wise, I had no complaints, and um, really service-wise, other than that that meal at Oceans, I did not have any complaints. But I heard of a lot of people complaining about specifically like the main dining rooms that service was slow, food wasn't particularly good, that kind of thing. Well, it sounds like those budget cuts are working out well for them. Yeah, you know, I could not help but notice certain things around the ship that really indicated that. For example, um, the casino was at times borderline nasty. Like there were just empty glasses everywhere, ashtrays overflowing everywhere. Um, and it was really hard 
to get the attention of one of the drink servers. You know, like usually in, in most of the Norwegian trips I've done, you know, you sit there, you're gambling and they come around really regularly for drinks. Um, and this time I did, you know, I, I did that thing that I always find to be very effective, which is when I finally flagged down a server, I gave them a really good tip and, I had no problem getting drinks after that on that particular night. But, you know, the next night I went in and it was the same thing. No service. There was like one, maybe two drink slingers in there. Um, and when you went into certain bars and stuff, you could tell they were really, really overwhelmed. Uh, the sugarcane mojito bar, which became my favorite go-to place on the ship because it, it's kind of quieter. Most people don't even realize it's there. I think, um, and the bartender there is phenomenal, but there were times when he would get totally slammed and he was the only bartender there the entire time that I spent at that bar over the course of the five days. So yeah, there were definitely service cuts. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about the entertainment on board this five night cruise. And uh, by the way, so last week, Norwegian said they are eliminating some entertainment jobs and axing a few shows, um, Kinky Boots on Encore being one of them. Did you get any recon while you're on board? I tried. Um, I, I, I tried and, you know, I did. There was a general sense among the staff that they felt as if anyone could be, you know, kind of cut next. Uh this particular ship, because it's a smaller ship, doesn't have some of the big production shows that the other ones do. Like, you know, I, I think that where we're gonna where we're gonna see the biggest budget cuts with with Norwegian's productions are things like Kinky Boots, where it's a big production and they're paying for, you know, they have to pay the rights because it's a Broadway show. And, you know, more and more often you see what we I think what we're gonna see on Norwegian ships is more of what we see on some of the other ships where they put together jukebox musicals that are sort of a bunch of songs linked together by a common theme. Um, Carnival does this particularly well, but they aren't actually, you know, a real Broadway show. It's not like, you know, they're not paying to see Hairspray. You're not paying to see um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. All of these shows that have been done on Norwegian ships. I suspect that's where you're going to see the big budget cuts. On this particular trip, um, the entertainment was a little bit limited because we actually hit really, really, really bad weather. Um, and so like, for example, swing, um, which is a dance show is one of the shows they do a couple times a week on this type of sailing and they weren't able to do it for the safety of the dancers. So, um, so we did have less entertainment than normal. Uh, what I did see was nice. I mean, they had like, you know, a great piano player who played in bar city a couple of nights. They always had something going on in the atrium as usual. They had, you know, they had the, um, glow party and stuff like that up in the spinnaker lounge, uh, especially which they normally do if it's at all inclement weather at which we had. I didn't go to any of the big events in the Spinnaker Lounge just because I am one of those people who is still trying to be really careful on board. Like I, I don't want to come home with COVID. And so I did mask most of the time and I tried to avoid, you know, spaces where it was going to be crowded, like at a dance party in a enclosed space. But, um, there were definitely, there were definitely, it seemed to me there were fewer entertainers than I've had on past ships, but, I may be remembering that wrong and be being thinking of some of the bigger ships like Getaway and and Breakaway where they just have seem to have entertainment around every corner. 
Now, I'm not trying to shit on Norwegian here, but like, I guess there's a point of it's like, where's the value of a cruise except being in the ocean in that bliss and the relaxation, reading a book or sitting on a chair in the middle of the ocean? But with with the, not just Norwegian, it's all the cruise lines. Like you mentioned, the lack of bar service, the lack of table service. We can't just blame it on being short staffed anymore. Now it's just getting rid of employees. Yeah, the, and there's a big difference. You know, for a long time when when uh, the cruise lines restarted, we heard about how much difficulty they were having finding staff. And we saw that to be true, not just on cruise lines, but around the country. You know, like you would go to restaurants and they'd be like, yeah, we can't, we're, we're having trouble staffing. You still see some of that. But now that is not the issue. You know, we, we have heard them, they have told us, they have, you know, they have we have seen the letters to the staff saying you are no longer required. So the service cuts are no longer, you know, because they can't find people. It is actually cutting back. And, you know, I I do feel like Norwegian is playing a particularly dangerous game here because, you know, for a long time they built their reputation on the fact that like they had these big shows, you know, like they had kinky boots. They did a lot of advertising for kinky boots. And now that's something that they just kind of overnight cut. And, you know, they 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 announced that there would be this 20 percent service charge hike in the daily gratuity rates. And at the same time, oh, by the way, instead of getting twice a day service, you're only going to get once a day service. All of these things, it's sort of like, what do they call it? A death by a thousand paper cuts because they are adding up and you are starting to hear, you know, I sat near the um, gangway on the last day as people were leaving. And I can't tell you how many people I heard complaining about the cruise as a whole. You know, you heard that I'll never do Norwegian again kind of thing. Now, again, we are not crapping on Norwegian because this is something that is happening around the industry, you know, but it feels like Norwegians, at least to me as a Norwegian cruise line fan, it's, it's probably, it's the line I've definitely sailed the most. And it's a line I probably have the most affinity for. To me, it, it feels very noticeable and it is not a positive thing. Yeah, no, certainly. Well, let's talk about the ski days as far as crowds and congestion. And um, you already mentioned the casino. The cigarettes were overflowing there in the ashtrays, but did it smell very smoky? It always does. The Gem Casino is very small. It's, it's you know, it's almost impossible. I couldn't even tell you if they have a non-smoking section. As far as I know, the entire casino is sort of anything goes. Um, so, yeah, it is it is very smoky in the casino. It's one of those things where I always make sure I bring a bottle of uh, freshener so that when I get back to the room, I can spray my clothes so that, you know, they don't stink up everything else in the closet. So that was definitely true. As far as as far as sea days go, um, we had almost nothing but sea days. We originally were supposed to leave New York on Wednesday and then spend Friday night. It, we were supposed to get to Bermuda Friday morning, spend Friday night, and leave Saturday evening. But before we had even left the port of New York, I was only on the ship for about an hour. The captain came on and announced that because of the weather that we knew we were going to be dealing with, we would only be in Bermuda from on Friday from eight in the morning until three in the afternoon. And then we would start our trip home. So that is what we did. We spent the day, you know, we spent like nine hours in Bermuda and then immediately turned around and started back 
Um, you know, a lot of people were not happy with this for me personally. I didn't care. I am always more about being on the ship than I am. The ports were visiting, but I understand why they were upset. Uh, despite trying to get ahead of the weather, we really had bad weather for like two solid days on the way back. It was rough seas. Um, it didn't, I, I don't really get seasick very often. I had one day where for an hour or two, I felt a little like, Ugh. um, but that might also have been the nine bloody Marys that I'd had that morning. Um, but there were a lot of people both on the ship and then afterwards in the Facebook group, um, you know, sort of really wanting, they basically wanted more than Norwegian gave us. Norwegian gave, gave every stateroom a hundred dollars on board credit, but people wanted more. Um, they thought that was not enough. And of course they also saw that carnival, which went through a very similar situation with, uh, either sunrise or, 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 uh, sunshine. I can't remember which not only gave everybody, I think it was like a hundred dollar or $50 onboard credit, but they also gave them a 50% future cruise credit so that they could come back and have the crews they originally intended. Norwegian did not do that. I don't know if they will down the line. I know there were a lot of people complaining in the Facebook group and, and around the ship. I, I kind of personally look at that and say, it's not their fault. There are things they can control. They can control the service. They can control, you know, the casino looking like a hot mess. They can't control the weather. They did their best. They sailed, they left early so they could sail around it as best they could. You know, that's, that's all they could possibly do. Um, I do think the ship handled the crowds very well, because when you have weather like that, it sort of forces everybody inside and, you know, they kept people entertained. Now, for all I know, maybe the reason that that it seemed like they were handling crowds well was because everyone was in their cabins throwing up. I don't know. <laughs> but it seemed like they were handling – that the ship was able to handle the crowds pretty well by dispersing them. So then how was Bermuda once you actually made it there? Uh, Bermuda was awesome. We weren't there long, but I um, had always been fascinated by when you, when you dock at the um, dockyard, there's this – cool looking mansion up on a hill. It looks like something out of like a soap opera. It looks like the rich people live in that house and they rule over the town. And I always wondered what it was. So I started walking over that way. It turns out it's part of the Bermuda National Museum. Um, so, you know, I think it was 20 bucks to go into the museum, which is amazing. They've got really great displays all throughout. There's beautiful grounds to explore. There's lots of good photo ops. And then you can tour the house itself, which has, you know, like the history of slavery in Bermuda and the history of shipping in Bermuda. And it's just a beautiful house to to explore anyway. So, you know, by the time I did all of that, it was basically time to get back on the ship um, because we did only have the, you know, like 8 a.m. to to 3, and I didn't get off the ship until probably 11 or 12. So it wasn't a long visit, but I enjoyed it. It was a good, it was a good stop. And you love sea days anyways. I do. I love sea days. I, you know, if you put me on a ship for, that's why I've always said I want to really do a transatlantic because I'm one of those people who, you know, I don't really care where the ship is going. I have actually booked cruises like really far in advance. And a few weeks before it, someone will say to me, where's the ship going? And I'll be like, I don't remember, you know, cause it just doesn't matter to me as long as I'm on the ship. Don't know. Don't care. Very nice. So don't care. You said there was some rough weather and you got a little seasick. Like was the pool open and all that is still going on or was it the, the outdoors shut down and all that? Oh no. The outdoor was shut down. Like you couldn't even there for at least one day, maybe a day and a half, you couldn't even like access the doors leading onto the promenade promenade deck. They were closed. Um, the pools were drained. 
Um, I mean, it was it was rough season. It was I never had anything like fall over in my room or anything, but it was rough enough that, you know, if you were laying in bed, you were you were feeling the tossing and turning. It was it was I can see where, especially for people who don't deal with, um, you know, with with rough seas well, it would have been a hard trip for them, honestly. Yeah, no, that's fair. So you make your way back to Manhattan, and it seems like this is where things got interesting. Yeah, I've never had this happen before. So I, you know, um, I did a couple things differently than I normally do. I think this was the first time that I've ever taken a cruise where I did the whole get a luggage tag and leave your luggage out in the hall and then collect it. Because even though this was only a five-day trip, I packed like I was ginger on on Gilligan's Island and I was ready to like, you know, entertain the troops for the next six years. I had everything I own in that suitcase, except it turns out the long sleeve shirts that I really needed because it was, you know, chilly thanks to the weather. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I, I did that and I determined that I was going to get off the ship as late as possible, um, because my driver wasn't coming until 10 o'clock. Uh, so I, I did, I hung out and I, you know, hung out in my room until my room steward was like, you know, you really have to go, sir. <laughs> and uh, then I hung out in the lobby until the very last, I had the last possible luggage tag. And when they announced that I went and was, as I was getting off the ship, you know, I give him my little card and I'm waiting for the little bell that sounds when that lets you go through and somewhere an angel gets its wings. And instead, I heard a very disconcerting buzzer sound like, you know, like you hear on Family Feud when you get the wrong answer. And I was like, what's this? And they're like, yeah, sir, you need to go over to the finance desk. And I, Uh-oh. you know, you know me, I pay for everything in advance. I don't want to have any bills when I get off the ship. So I was absolutely baffled as to what this could be. I get over to the finance desk and it turns out that they owed me money. Um, they had at some point on top of the $100 onboard credit that we got for not going to Bermuda, that was a non-refundable credit. So if I hadn't spent it, they would have taken it back. But somewhere along the line, they also gave me another $100 refundable credit. Now in the old days, if you didn't use your refundable credit, they would just like send you a check, you know, like a couple weeks later, you'd suddenly get a check in the mail for $63 and 12 cents or whatever. Now, I guess they don't want to, you know, have that expense. So they actually make you go to either guest services or the finance desk where they, you know, actually process it and give you the cash before you can get off the ship. So it was a very, it was a very strange experience. Like, like, You know, as far as I honestly, they could have just said, well, you didn't collect the money. You're not getting it. We're keeping it. You know, that's 84 extra dollars for us. And given the the, the budget cuts they're making, they may need it more than I do. But no, I had to go back and file the paperwork and all that. It was very strange. And there were a lot of people that this was happening to. Um, There was it was it was quite busy at the finance desk. And I might mention there was only one person behind it. So, oh boy. Well, overall, though, it sounds like you had a, a pretty nice cruise, all things considered, once you got through the little snafus there. I really did. It was a great trip. Um, it was very relaxing. I mean, you know, when you're eating in the steakhouse three nights out of the five, you're getting, you know, some of the best meals you're going to get on a, on a ship. Uh, it was, it, I, I really, I had... I won't say I had no complaints because the internet was a real issue, but I will say that, um, that I had fewer complaints than most of my fellow passengers. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds like it. Well, you're pretty laid back too, though. So that's... I am. I'm very, very laid back. Um, and it's funny because you know when I was discussing this in like the Facebook group or sometimes on the ship with people who were unhappy, they would they would call me an apologist and assume that like no Norwegian can do no wrong and that that I would make excuses for anything they do wrong. But anybody who you know has read my stuff regularly on the site knows that's definitely not the case. When when I don't like something, I make sure to that it's known. Isn't that funny when people just automatically assume that? I get that a lot about Carnival just because I was raised on that cruise line and you proof my stuff. You know that if something's crap, I say it and Carnival gets mad a lot of the time. So... Oh yeah, I mean, I have seen the yeah the the corporate communication letters, <laughs> Douglas. Yeah. What are you saying? Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's always been our thing. Is you know we don't, um, you know, if we if we are taking a cruise for free, like you know, if the cruise line is sending us on a cruise, we are very clear about that. Um, this was not that, by the way. This was you know on my dime, and and whether it is whether the cruise line is paying us or we are not paying us, whether the cruise line is paying for our trip or we are paying for the trip, the opinions do not change. They are the same no matter what. I'll always love that. How's that free cruise going? Um, The one I just paid (laughs) $4,100 for, you mean? It's going good. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if it was a free cruise, I'd probably be in in something other than an inside cabin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Any first-time tips to offer folks going on, Jem? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad because Jem, you know, has been sailing out of New York for quite a long time. And they are soon going to be leaving. I can't remember exactly where they're going, but I don't think they're going to be back for a while. We will be having the Joy come here and another ship. I can't remember which one. You know, the Gem is a nice older ship. If you have good weather, the 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 great outdoors bar that sits on the back of the ship is usually my favorite hangout. I really didn't get to spend much time there. And if you're looking for a quiet place for drinks with friends before dinner, hit the sugar bar, sugar cane mojito bar, because like I said, a lot of people don't discover it until either late in the cruise or if they discover it at all. And it's got some killer, fantastic drinks. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? Oh, geez, that is a tough question. I, I guess just being able to relax. You know, this was the the gem is not a ship with a lot of bells and whistles. There's not a roller coaster. There's not you know all that stuff. So it really was a great relaxing trip. And and weirdly, Bermuda, despite the fact that I don't really care about ports, Bermuda was a definite highlight because I really enjoyed that museum. Final thoughts of Norwegian gem. I will be interested to see what the future holds for Norwegian with if they continue with these budget cuts from, you know, top to bottom, from from the room stewards to the productions to the entertainment staff. If if what I saw on this cruise is a harbinger of what's to come, they could wind up losing people who sort of say, you know what, I've long done Norwegian, I really love Norwegian, but it might be time to look elsewhere because, you know, the quality is suffering. Very good. Been talking with staff writer Richard Sims about his cruise to Bermuda out of New York earlier this month. Richard, my friend, well, I'm not even going to say it because I talk to you every week anyway. So thank you so much. (laughs) Well, thank you, Doug. I'll talk to you soon. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.